I broke mine. I would die in the desert. This is the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Each week, inspiring stories from the everyday experiences of travels around the world. Those stories, those experiences, adapted for audio storytelling from Evo Terra and Sheila D. The Mediterranean Sea is pretty salty, about 15% higher in salinity than the Atlantic. That's mostly due to evaporation. The Mediterranean is very shallow and is connected to the Atlantic by only a tiny 13-kilometer wide channel between Spain and Africa. On the Spanish coast, midway between Barcelona and Valencia, the Ebro River has been depositing silt and sand for countless years, creating a huge delta jutting out into the Mediterranean, not unlike the Mississippi Delta in Louisiana. This area is called Terras de Libre, literally the land created by the Rio Ebro. On the coast, it's mostly a collection of farms all dedicated to rice production, consisting of 35 square kilometers of perfectly flat, and kind of boring, rice paddies. But centuries before, the big cash crop was salt. Tucked between rice fields, with little in the way of signage, is the old Tancada Salt Works. An interpretive center was built to preserve and educate visitors about the history of the site. Here's our guide explaining what we're seeing and how these salt pans were used in the Middle Ages. Okay. Here we try to let people know about the salt pans in the Delta, which is a kind of um, ecosystem, artificial, but still an ecosystem, uh, very good for birds. And people of the area, they don't know so much about it because most of the salt pans, they disappear in the 70s. Uh, so uh, basically how it's working, we have different kind of ponds and then we have different gates too. Uh, uh, so each gate divides, uh, uh, divides these ponds and they receive different kind of names. The first ponds, which are these ones here behind us, this is, they are called evaporados. In English would be something like evaporators, something like this. Then after them, after these gates, there is the escalfadores, uh, the warmers would be in English. Yeah. Then alimentados, the last two ones before the crystallizers. These alimentados would be the feeders. And at the end of the process, we have the crystallizers, which are the ponds where we produce the soil. Okay? So uh, basically we take this, the, the seawater from the Mediterranean Sea, which has a high level of salt. Uh, here, for example, we can find more or less 40 grams of salt per liter. And at the end of the process, of course, by the sun, the water evaporates and then we get more and more concentration of salt. At the end of the process, we will have um, between 308, 314 grams of salt per liter. So that's the, the, the uh, ideal um, concentration to produce uh, the salt. Uh, of course, we explain a little bit about the history of the... But the coolest the part of the story the isn't about historic salt cultivation. It's about historic salt protection. Example, if you visit different towns in the Delta, like for example Camarles or um, La Rapita, Amposta, or even here just next to Pobleno, you will see these kind of towers. And these towers, they were built in the medieval age 
to protect the salt pens because here in the delta there was no so much population uh, so we had these attacks from pirates that were coming from north of africa to to steal the salt because the, it was it had a very high value and that's did you hear that pirates but not just any pirates salt stealing pirates salt stealing pirates from africa Oh, I am totally binge-watching that series as soon as the first season drops on Netflix. Just a few kilometers upstream, the rice fields give way to rows and rows of olive trees, an icon of Mediterranean commerce and culture. In Arion, one particular stand of trees, called a finca, has been tended to for a very long time. This particular finca is set up sort of like a natural museum, and also isn't terribly easy to find. Our Spanish-speaking guide, he was a huge fan of my Forbidden Planet t-shirt, walked us through the Millennial Olive Grove. Or was that Millennium? Bien, ahora estamos al principio del recorrido del fondo de, del Arión. This is the first point of the visit. In the fondo del Arión, fondo means deep, because it's the deepest part. Yeah, the most deep part of the of the finca, a fondo, the finca del Arión. Y estos son ejemplos claros de lo que son eh, olivos eh, milenarios. Clear example of uh, millenarian or millennial trees. Millennial or millenary. Thousand, millennial. Uh, we would probably say thousand year old. Millennial. Thousand years old millennial. trees, olive trees. Millenario. Millenario. It's written millennial on that. Millennial, yeah, millennial yeah. olive trees. What? This is the, a clear example, the millennial olive trees. You say tomato, I say tomato. The male voice you heard translating was David from the tourism board. He had the unenviable job of wrangling a dozen info-hungry travel bloggers, but he did an admirable job. Let's not bury the lead here. Millennial, or millennium, whichever, it means a thousand, as in years. In this next clip, Brett Love from Green Global Travel expressed the shock of realization I'm sure most of us felt. 1,300 years old. It's millennial too. How many years old? 1,300 years old. 1300. crecimiento. Entonces, si, si mide más de 3 metros 50 a 1,30 a un a uno de altura, es milenario. Todos lo superan. Ok, si tienes 1,30 metros en este high, 1,30 yeah, metros, como este, si el perímetro es más de 3,5, es considerado como 3 metros. Milenio. Milenio. Since you probably don't carry a 3,5 meter tape in your backpack, you can perform this simple test. Stand up and try to wrap your arms around an olive tree. If you can't, and you need at least two other average-sized friends to complete the chain, and all of your chests are touching the trunk, you're probably holding hands around a millennial olive tree. Or a millennial olive tree, whatever. It's still a living thing, 
over 1,000 years old. Wow. It's important to know the age of the tree for reasons other than winning a trivia competition in a bar. The older the tree, the more valuable its oil. Our guide explains the challenges of identifying and certifying this fact, with travel writer Gabby Logan jumping in to translate. Es un producto totalmente certificado, pero que lo que se intenta es proteger eh, el paisaje porque es un paisaje que no tiene, no tiene protección legal. Entonces el problema es de que las venden, venden los olivos y entonces el paisaje queda sin identidad. Esto no va a repetir porque no voy a entender. What he's saying is that the they have it's a luxury product, but because there's no legal protection here, they've created their own sort of certification system because a lot of people are fake selling fake ones and saying that they're millennial olive trees. So they have their own certification process that they've done. So if you know that they have certified it, it is right because there's not a government sort of DOC style thing that will give you that authorization. Yeah, because that's not the fox guarding the hen house. Now hold on a minute, Mr. Sinek. There are plenty of organizations that self-regulate themselves that you get behind. The Cicerone Program for Beer Experts? Podcasting? All right, all right, sheesh. I'm trying to bring a little levity to this serious show. Get my head bit off. Whatever. Deo y hasta luego from Terras de Libre. We travel the world as the opportunistic travelers, largely because of our generous listeners. People all over the world pledge as little as five bucks a month, and in return, they get a handwritten postcard from us sent from wherever opportunity has taken us, every single month. Sign up today at theopportunistictravelers.com slash postcards. We also stay for free most of our journey. No, we're not superstars or anything like that. We eliminate hotel costs and stay in some great cities by house-sitting all over the world. Get our complete list of the actual house-sitting sites we use every day at theopportunistictravelers.com slash stay for free. And stop spending money on hotels when you travel too. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. Our theme music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. All other sounds, voices, and odd bits you hear were created by us. And this podcast is just the start of the audio, video, images, and written content we're producing as we travel the world. Got an idea on how we could work together? Or maybe a place you'd like for us to visit? Then go to theopportunistictravelers.com and get in touch. Now would be good. <laughs>